Welcome to Modern Ancestral Mamas, a podcast for mamas created by mamas. We discuss ancestral food, cooking, feeding our families, and holistic living with the everyday modern mom. We are Corey and Christine, two mamas on a mission to nourish our families holistically while keeping it real in today's crazy world. Follow us on this adventure and enjoy the stories and information we share. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Modern Ancestral Mamas and episode 19 and the final installment in the What Can I Eat mini series. And this one is on snacks. And let me tell you, we have a lot to talk about on snacks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, we were just joking about how our outline is six pages. So... Stay tuned, guys. <laughs> Six pages of stuff coming at you. <laughs> know, right? To put that in perspective, we usually have like a page and a half for an outline. <laughs> I know. Well, and we were, I was also kind of joking with Corey about how she totally nailed this mini series idea that it was hers from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. So I, t- I, texted Christine or we I called her or something and I was like hey what about this mini series on like what can I eat and she's like I don't think we're gonna be able to pull that off <laughs> I was not I was just like wah wah that sounds so boring <laughs> <laughs> and I actually think they're some of our most listened to episodes and we get a lot of comments on it yep yeah so thank you I will take that credit that's all you girl (laughs) all right so we have covered breakfast lunch dinner desserts and now oh and drinks and now we are finally doing snacks um if anybody has any requests on meals that we have not covered um if there are any I know. I don't know what we haven't covered. Those are all the meals in the day I can think of. Brunch. You're right. We could have a special brunch. Yeah. Um. (laughs) Or any other episode ideas, send us a DM on Instagram or leave us a review. Um, Those are probably the best ways to get a hold of us. Uh, Yeah, let's get going. Yeah. And if you're new around here, we start every episode with a question related to the topic of the show. And so today, since we are discussing snacks, we're going to start with Corey. What snacks did your kids eat today? Okay. Sorry to be the bummer here. My kids didn't have any snacks today. None. We ate breakfast and lunch and dinner and that was it. Okay, Christine, your turn. Nothing wrong with that. And we're going to talk about that later. Um, So ironically, I was kind of in the same boat. My kids also had three solid meals today. But I remembered um, in the morning we went hiking or walking on a trail. And we wanted to get out of the house really fast. And the baby had just woken up. So I grabbed a peach and some like jerky bites or meat bites 
Uh, they're by the brand Epic and they have liver in them. It's beef and beef liver. They're kind of hard to find, but when I find them, I just buy them in bulk. And I, so I grabbed the beet, the peach and the meat and the baby ate that since he didn't get to really eat breakfast before we went on the walk. And then when we came back, we all ate a late breakfast, kind of like a brunch. So, so if you want to count that as a snack, then I guess like a pre-breakfast snack. <laughs> um, so just the baby ate the snack, really? Yeah, just the baby. The other two, I, maybe they drank a glass of raw milk, but they held out until 11, 10, 30, 11. Yeah. I don't think my kids would have done that. I think my kids probably would have melted. Yeah. Well, one of, so my middle was definitely eating some of the baby's um, beef bites or whatever. I saw her towards the end of the walk. She had stolen some from him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My kids love those too. Those epic beef and liver bites. Yeah. They, they actually don't taste bad. They're, they're good. Yeah, they are good. I can't find them though. Like I know. I, so I've seen them at Whole Foods a handful of times and I kid you not, every time they're at Whole Foods, I just buy the whole box. I um, used to buy them from Thrive Market, but they don't sell them anymore. And I gave up my Thrive yeah. membership. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been meaning to look on Azure to see if no. Azure has. No. They don't. Ooh, so you could, they don't carry could Epic. Oh, okay. I'm wondering if you could buy them directly from Epic. Um, oh, that's a good idea. But yeah. Maybe if we all, everybody who listens to this, every single person needs to email Epic and say, hey, make more of those because the biggest way that I'm getting my kids to eat liver on a regular basis. Yeah. And my husband, too. He likes them. Same, actually. Yeah, mine really likes those, too. (laughs) Okay. All right. So we're going to start... by talking about how snacking has become a part of our culture and how the industrialized food system has um, profits, like insanely profits from Americans and our incessant snacking. (laughs) All right. So let me throw out some stats here. 94 percent of Americans snack daily. 59% of Americans gravitate towards, anybody want to guess? Cookies as snacks, followed by 58% of Americans who prefer potato chips. In 2020, the U.S. snack food market generated the largest single country revenue amounting to over 100 billion US dollars. All right. We pause this podcast <laughs> to wave to the two intruders that just walked into the room. Should they should they jump on and share their favorite snack? Okay, yeah. Pork rinds. Pork rinds. Awesome. Okay, so that was my oldest, and he says his favorite snack is pork rinds, and here's the middle. Cucumbers and peppers. 
cucumbers Yum. and peppers. Um, but anyway, sorry about that. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Okay, so you were in 2020 at the United States snack food market. Okay. So in 2020, the U.S. snack food market generated the largest single country revenue amounting to over 100 billion U.S. dollars. Such, sorry, stats show that quarterly sales up for PepsiCo grew by 5%, fueled by higher sales of their snacks such as Tostitos, Cheetos, and Doritos. <laughs> I feel like that's a tongue twister. Um, I know, right? All right. One poll found that Americans are spending roughly $9.22 a week on snack food, which is approximately 479 a month on snacks. Guys, that's a crazy amount of money. I mean, that's for some people, that's a car payment. That's Wait, I want to do like I'm when do the math. Ryan and I first got married, our budget was $300, our food budget. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, so I just total. did the math. That's $5,700 a year. Oh that could gosh. be a vacation. That could be a down payment on a car or something. I mean, that's a lot of money to be spending on snacks. Is this factoring um, like the Starbucks trip, you know? That's a good question. I don't know if that includes things like coffee or, um, I don't know, like the muffins and stuff that people get at Starbucks in the afternoon. But it's just a lot. That's so much money. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, so moving on, those, I mean, those stats are mind-boggling. And I just want to say that, so, okay, Corey mentioned that the sa the snack food market is generating about a hundred billion U.S. dollars, so we just need to remember that when we are purchasing snack items, this is this is an industry that is doing this purely for money. I, I don't think that snacks are meant to be healthy, or they are, you know, there's there's anything about them that is they're trying to. Uh, what am I trying to say here? It's, it's, it's purely for profit. I mean, the snack industry is a for-profit industry um, and they have tapped into the American belly. <laughs> I mean, okay. in that regard, every company, um, almost, almost every food company is in it purely for the profits, right? I'm going to caveat, yeah. obviously, almost. Um, yeah. And I'm not going to come out here saying that profits are bad and, um, you know, that you shouldn't, that a company shouldn't be trying to make money. That's obviously totally ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, coming from a family of entrepreneurs, that's ridiculous. Like, yeah. But, yeah. There's something about snacks that's just really like it's preying on our lack of nutrients in other meals. 
Oh, that too. Yes. Okay. Sorry. I just totally cut in. It's preying on our lack of nutrients and other meals and on our self-control. Oh yeah. And we don't have the self-control because we're hungry because we haven't eaten sufficiently nourishing meals. Um, yeah. Throughout the day. Yeah. Throughout the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm moving on to talk about kids and snacks. And so there's a study on kids and snacks. And this study found that American children snack two to three times per day. And these snacks contribute to 24% of their daily energy intake. And this is the second highest in comparison to the other countries in the study, which were China, Mexico, and Australia. Um, and wait, so wait, basically wait. American kids are snacking two to three times a day. Yeah. On average. Yes. On average. Yeah. That's a lot. It's a ton. It's like constant. They're just constantly eating basically. Wow. Yeah. Children are a special target group to food marketers and industrialized food companies as they tend to influence their parents' buying decisions while grocery shopping, obviously. So the reason why a parent will buy something is because they've got kids that are telling them they want it. And so really, um, you know, the food marketers, they know how to market. (laughs) Um, Oftentimes, yeah, uh, maybe the majority of times, Okay. No, I want to go back to the yeah, children go back. being the special target. So in okay, college, um, I had to write a paper about um, marketing. And the paper was like, you had to find an image in a magazine and write a paper on who they were marketing to, how they were doing this. It was pretty interesting. The one I chose was this picture of a baby in a high chair covered in Cheerios. And it said something about, you know, I don't remember what it said, but it was like, it was Cheerios. And my professor said something about, well, are they marketing to the baby? Because the baby is the one in the picture. And I was like, no, obviously that's stupid. The baby's not going to buy Cheerios. They're marketing to the parents. But they're marketing to the parents who see the picture of the baby and go, oh, that baby looks healthy and happy. Obviously, they're eating Cheerios. Therefore, my baby, to be healthy and happy, needs to eat Cheerios. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I mean, that's there's entire careers on built oh, yeah. off of marketing. Um, it's it's a it's obviously a it's a science. I mean, it really is. <laughs> yeah such a good point. Um, so speaking of Cheerios, oftentimes kids snacks are empty calories. They're empty nutrition. Um, so this means that kids are left hungry. Um, not only are they left hungry, but like their bodies are nutritionally starved, especially because common kids snacks tend to be carbohydrate heavy and they will spike the child's blood sugar, giving them a burst of energy. And then the child crashes a few hours later like I said, and is left hungry and asking for more snacks. And oftentimes this is also followed with like behavior or whininess or crankiness or just um, things like that. And sometimes, you know, the child doesn't really understand that their blood sugar levels have crashed. 
And even for some parents, we, we might not even understand that, oh, you know, even though my child ate a piece of fruit or, I don't know, veggie straws an hour or two ago, they're hungry again. Um, that food didn't actually fill them. Snacking also interferes with a kid's ability to listen to their hunger and satiety cues of their body. Um, So if a child never experiences hunger, then they won't really be able to identify that as they get older. And then this one just like really bugs me, but it snacking works a child's digestive system over time. So when kids are constantly snacking, they're not giving their digestive system the necessary break it needs to actually digest and process the food from the previous meal. You're just really working that that system all the time. And you know, that's not healthy for metabolic flexibility, that's not healthy for the digestive system. Um, kind of like how I said, it doesn't give the child a chance to really listen to their internal bodily cues. Um, but yeah. Those are my thoughts on kids and snacks. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that we hear kids say, oh, I'm hungry. And um, our immediate thought is, oh, my gosh, as a good parent, I'm caring for my child. So I'm going to give them food because they're hungry. Um, but there's a lot that our bodies do when we're not eating that needs to happen. Like we need to be able to rest our digestive system. And that isn't just at night. Like that is good to rest it at night when you're sleeping, but it's also good to rest it during the day in between meals. And I think there's I think what you said about kids learning to listen to their bodies um, is really important because there's a lot of times where, you know, my kids will say they're hungry and it's really just that they're bored or, you know, they're, um, I don't know. It's mostly usually because they're bored. Yeah, totally. And we're home constantly, right? So it's, I have to say, no, the kitchen is closed during the day um, because otherwise it does become just a free-for-all. And there's a lot of times when parents, you know, have these snack drawers or whatever where there's like an approved snack bin where kids have free range um, or rain, free rain. Yeah, free rain. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I used to think that was a really good idea. But the more I learn about this, the more I'm like, no, I'm not just going to give my kids um, the ability to just eat as much as they whenever they want, whenever they want, because it's just not helping their bodies. And they need to come to the table hungry. Like when we sit down mm-hmm. to eat a meal, if they have snacked, I think we're going to talk about this later. Sorry, I'm jumping ahead. No, no, that's OK. I mean, I think it's good to reiterate. But yeah, when they've snacked, they don't eat all of the food on their table. Um, Actually, I want to, I just thought of this as you were talking about this, but so you mentioned kids often snacking because they're bored. 
And I thought of another reason why kids will often ask for snacks or reach for snacks. If they're asking for it, I think another um, scenario could be because they actually want to test you as the parent and they want to test your limits and they want to see, okay, so what happens if I ask if I can have this? And they're waiting to see if the response varies. And if we as the caregivers are inconsistent every time, then they might know that they can, you know, that one time they're going to get a snack and then the other time they're not. Um, or one time it might be something that they enjoy and one time it might be something that, that they don't. Um, so I think that there's there's li- maybe some limit testing involved with the constant asking. It could be in some scenarios. Um, and then, yeah, that's that's what I was going to say about that because I have other thoughts about snacks, but I'm pretty sure we're going to, we're going to talk about these a little bit later. Okay. Hopefully we do. Hopefully we get to. Yeah. 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 No, we do. We do. Okay. Good. Okay. So let's transition from discussing the statistics um, into talking about how we handle snacks in our homes. Okay. So, um, Do you feed your kids snacks, Christine? So yes and no. Um, I, in the summertime, actually, we really are pretty good about doing three meals, three square meals a day. Um, And like kind of how we mentioned before, I want my kids to come hungry to, especially the dinner table. Um, and if I am feeding a snack, it's generally, it's, oh, when do I normally feed a snack? I'm trying to think in the summertime. Maybe in the morning, but usually not even then because they eat a really big breakfast. Um, sometimes our lunches are more like snacky instead of being like full on lunches. They tend to be more like snack foods and stuff. Um. In, at school during the year, they have a snack in the morning at school. So they'll definitely eat a snack at school. Um, and then after school, I try to not give any snack and they're usually ravenous. And that's actually the hardest time for them because they've, you know, they've had a full day of school. They're really, really hungry. But when I hold out, they eat like two or three plates of food and they have a really good meal. And, and I think it's so much better for them to just hold out a little bit and wait until dinner than to give them a snack and then have dinner be like, a, they take a few bites of dinner. Um, so I try, yeah, I would say in general in the summertime, we're not really doing snacks um, unless it's like a snacky lunch and at school they're eating one snack in the morning for in between breakfast and lunch. That's my story. And I'm sticking to it. Okay. So what time do you eat dinner usually? We do eat early. We eat at five. Um, sometimes we eat at five 30 and we're usually eating breakfast at seven, seven 30 ish. Um, and then they'll go until about 11 30, 12 and they'll eat lunch at 11 30 or 12. Okay. That's a good question. Um, to ask about times. <laughs> yeah. Cause the times that I will do snacks, in the afternoon is 
A, if we have, um, like if, if we've gone swimming in the morning or something mm-hmm. and, or, you know, right after lunch or something and by about 2.30, everybody is really hungry, like including myself, mm-hmm. um, then we'll do a snack. Or if I know that dinner is going to be late for whatever reason, um, either I'm going, like, I'm just making it late or something. It's like when my kids were in sports and they would go to, um, like when my son did jujitsu, he would have to leave the house at 530 and he wouldn't get back till 730 or 8. And so in that case, I knew he was going to the gym and he'd be really active for, you know, a solid hour. I would give him a snack before he left or sometime in the afternoon before he was going to that. And then he would eat dinner when he came back. Um, So in that, those are generally the cases where I'll give a snack. The other time that I will do a snack is um, outside of like a special occasion um, is if I'm going somewhere and I really, really need my kid to behave, Mm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah, then I will bring a snack. Yeah. Or it's like a place where they need to be quiet or like you need to, you need to like talk with another adult or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give them a shut up snack. Oh, (laughs) I'm trying to think. I, what, what? Oh yeah. A few days ago I went to go pick up raw milk from my raw milk farmer and it ended up taking so much longer than I thought it was going to just because we had fun and stayed at the farm and they fed the baby cows and it was, it was so late. Um, I want to say we got back home at seven o'clock at night, but we left at like three o'clock. And so this is like, and we were there during dinner time, which is five or five thirty. Of course, I brought no snacks. Thank goodness the farmer had some kefir, some raw milk kefir. And so I let the kids each drink like a raw milk kefir because I was just like, oh my gosh, we are missing, you know, you're not going to eat dinner until two hours from now when we get home. Um, so I think it, every parent is probably really good at figuring out their own situation and when a snack is necessary. And actually, this kind of just triggered another thought in my head, which is sometimes our kids need those extra calories because they're growing. So it's not that Corey and I are anti-snacks or, or we are you know against them. I think that Again, every parent knows their child best. And if one of our kids is going through a growth spurt and they need those extra calories, even more, you know, like whatever they ate, three solid meals is not enough. They need even more food. Then, you know, we assess the situation and, you know, you do what's best for your kid. Give them more calories. Maybe they need it. Yeah. <laughs> Get a lot them more of times, food. If my kids say that they're hungry in the middle of the day, I'll just say, um, you know, we'll go have a glass of raw milk or um actually usually that's it (laughs) or water a lot of times I ask them have you had some water um yeah you know drink some water first and then depending on what time of day it is too I'll I'll tell them you can have a can of fish (laughs) and then if they (laughs) 
And then if they're like, uh, no, not really. I'm like, yeah, I didn't really think you were hungry. <laughs> but there's been a few times where, where my middle daughter has been like, yeah, yeah, I'll have a can of sardines. And then she eats a can of sardines. And I'm like, okay, then. Yes, I mean, you need it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'll tell my son sometimes because he's notorious for eating, like, not eating if he doesn't particularly love the meal. And, I mean, there's been times where I'm like, or today, today, I made um, lunch and he ate two bowls of the lunch and then he said he was still hungry. And I was like, okay, well, there's soup in the fridge and we can heat it up. He goes, I don't want soup. I'm like, well, yeah. guess you're not that hungry. Like, <laughs> we're out of the other stuff I had made for lunch. You can have soup. No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> totally. Wait. So, All did right. you answer, Corey? Because what did what do you do about snacks for your family? I think you kind of answered. Too. I think I kind of answered. Okay. Like, what do we eat? Like specifically. Yeah. So like, do you feed your kids snacks? Yeah. You answered. I um, think so. I think I okay. covered that. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, but we can, okay. So then we move on to what are some snacks that I offer in my house? Okay. Uh, nothing too interesting. A lot of meat sticks, <laughs> um, raw cheese, glass of raw milk. Sometimes I'll put an egg yolk in it or maybe a little bit of fruit. Pork rinds, pate, um, properly prepared nuts, raw Plus, butter. Explain yeah. what the property properly prepared nuts mean. Yes. Because I know. Great question. Okay. So this means that these are nuts that have been soaked to remove the anti-nutrients in them and then dehydrated. So actually they're kind of like crispy nuts. And once you start making them, you can't stop because they are so much more delicious than just like a regular raw grocery store nut. Um, and we kind of have our favorites. So pecans are my favorite. We don't really eat almonds. No one in my family likes almonds. Uh, macadamias, pistachios, which are not properly prepared. I just buy them in bulk and call it a day. Uh, it is what it is. Cashews. We don't you really eat a lot of cashews either. We don't seem to like cashews and walnuts. Yeah. So I would say walnuts, pecans, and macadamias and pistachios. Those are the four main ones. So, um, we discovered this thing a couple years ago where you take, um, soaked and dehydrated almonds. Mm -hmm. And you said you don't love almonds, but you could do this with any nut really. Um, okay. And we do it in the winter. So you take a skillet and you have to do it on kind of lower heat um, mm -hmm. so you don't burn anything. But you melt butter and you toss the nuts in the butter and it kind of warms them up. And then you sprinkle extra salt on them and you have oh. to serve it on um, like a paper towel because it it's yeah. kind of messy. <laughs> but yeah. it's delicious and then it's like butter and nuts and it's fat <laughs> on fat on fat I mean yeah. yeah so and then you drink milk with it of course yeah <laughs> I can't tell you the amount of times I have sat sometimes like sometimes as a snack I will have 
butter, like soft butter, and I will dip my pecans in the soft butter and just oh eat gosh. them like that. If you've never done that, I mean, it's just, it's not, it's just as good as what Corey is saying. Um, it's just one step easier maybe because you're not heating yeah. it up on the skillet. But yeah, I, it's so delicious because it's just fat. <laughs> Yum. But yeah, so we'll do nuts. Oh, speaking of butter, just raw butter. Um, so if it's just cold from the fridge, then I'll scoop it out and they'll have little pats of raw butter. Uh, and then we do a lot of canned fish in our house. Um, oysters, sardines, clams, mackerel, anchovies, trout. Um, we'll put them on crackers or I'll mix them with mayonnaise. Um, they'll eat them with like the fried plantains. Uh, I'm trying to think. We do a lot of canned fish, yeah. And, oh yeah, so here we are. We're talking, we kind of already touched some of this, but so as I mentioned before, I don't really like to give my kids snacks in the afternoon. Um, I would prefer to, for them to come hungry to the dinner table. And so a lot of times this means the baby is crying or he's cranky or an older child is extra whiny before dinner, but I just sort of stick with it and then lay a full meal and everything on their plate. And then they'll often ask for seconds or thirds. And so as, cause we talked about before, if a kid is actually hungry, they'll eat anything I offer with no hesitation. And this is kind of how I like gauge their request for a snack. Um, and what else? Oh, okay. So I also want to talk about how I actually personally don't think that babies need to snack. Um, usually snacks are not introduced to babies until they're like two years and up. Um, but in my experience, when they are offered full macro balanced meals, so this means a meal that is has sufficient protein, sufficient fat, and sufficient carbs, then they don't really need to snack. Um, there are growth spurts that happen, and that's when, as we talked about previously, each parent has to just discern whether or not their child is going through a growth spurt and they need the additional calories or nutrition. Um, but what about you, Corey? What are some snacks that you offer in your house? Like give us actual concrete snacks that you use. Okay. So we, I'm trying to think of like recently what we've been doing because quite honestly, like we have been cutting back on our food budget, which means things like meat sticks and pork rinds and those pre-made things are not really happening as much. Um, so like I will generally give my kids some, like they could have some fruit with nuts, probably prepared nuts or, um, nut butter or even just fruit and raw milk. Uh, let's see, we do raw cheese. We do, um, I make homemade hummus. So they have some veggie sticks and hummus. And usually I add a bit of extra, um, olive oil to that. So it's got more fat in it than it would normally. Mm -hmm. Um, and it also has like the tahini and the chickpeas and things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's see. My kids, Oh, okay. So we make this thing called hot 
buttered applesauce. And um, this, I know I've talked about this before, but we will do this for dessert a lot, or we'll do it um, for a snack or even just a part of a meal. And I have started adding emu oil to it as well. So we'll do, it's warm applesauce with cinnamon and you add butter. And um, now I've started adding emu oil and I've also started adding um, a powdered probiotic because my daughter had to be on an antibiotic. So now I'm like obsessively trying to reculture her gut. Um, But all these things mix in with the applesauce super well. And we have no issues with people rejecting it. (laughs) Emu oil. Man, that is brilliant. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) And we're going to put a link in the show notes for emu oil, um, just because we have not mentioned this before. But it's very high in vitamin K2. I think it's one of the highest aside from bear fat, which not many of us are consuming bear fat. So emu oil it is. Yeah, exactly. Not anymore, um, unfortunately. Apparently but, bear uh, used to be like a complete staple in American cuisine. Yes, of course. I had, and I mean, also, I had no idea. I think Indian cuisine too. I'm almost certain. Yeah, we used I mean, to eat a lot of bear. Yeah, it makes sense. I learned this yeah. on a hunting TV show that we watch. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The things we learn from TV and internet. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. I mean, so you did mention that you don't let your, that you don't generally have the baby snack. Um, generally, my baby doesn't snack either, except. <laughs> When I am making anything with butter, if I'm cooking with it, she can't help herself. <laughs> she just she will push a chair up to the counter and literally like stick her face down in the butter and just eat it. Um, and sometimes she'll just she'll ask for it on a spoon, but usually she's just savage about it and she just like bites into the stick that I'm cooking with. And I was talking to my husband about this the other night because I was like, I don't know what to do because, you know, she keeps climbing up to the counter and eating the butter. And I, just, I, if I try and tell her, no, she screams at me. <laughs> and I'm, I started thinking about it. I'm like, you know what? It's really, it's okay. Because if I want her to come to the table and eat, but she's already eaten half a stick of butter, I'm not too worried about it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of how I feel about the canned fish thing. Like if they just want to eat a canned fish or pate, I'm, and you end up eating less dinner. I'm totally okay with that. Like, yeah, have at it, eat a can of sardines, have some pate. (laughs) It's okay. Excellent. (laughs) Um, okay. So I did want to touch on a book and this is not, in the outline. So I'm sorry, but I read a book when, um, when I was pregnant with my third baby called, um, French kids eat 
everything. And this book totally shifted my brain on a lot of the ways that we feed um, children in our country. And um, they talk about snacks in that book. And what they say is essentially that like, basically the idea that kids should come to the table hungry. But again, in a lot of European um, cultures, they're not eating dinner until much later. So when they get home from school at two or three, they're going to eat a small snack. And then by the time dinner comes around at seven 30 or something, they're hungry again. Um, but I just wanted to mention that because that book was really helpful to me when I was, um, I wasn't, we weren't eating like a standard American diet when I was read that book, but we were eating, um, this is when I was like kind of coming out of my paleo stage. Cause we were, we did paleo for like five years and it took me a while to kind of come to terms with the idea of eating grains again and dairy. And this was one of the books that I read that kind of helped me, um, with learning how to feed my kids better and, um, our family in general. Okay. I just wanted to throw that out there cause I found that book really helpful. Um, all right, let's talk, move on to talking about snacks at school or at church or at sports, um, normally or play dates, you know, I, I think, Everybody can recognize that if you go to one of these things, the general snack is Cheerios or goldfish or veggie straws or um, packaged granola bars or um, what else do they serve? Like those snack cake things. Juice boxes. Usually juice juice boxes boxes too. Yeah. I know at our church... um, back in Maryland, we, they were sold, they were served Cheerios. Um, and it was, you know, when, when we were trying to figure out what was wrong, what was triggering my daughter's eczema, I started bringing our own snacks to church and that was fine. Nobody cared. As long as it didn't have peanuts, it was not a problem. So Christine, I know you had one of your kids in like soccer or something this year and you ended up bringing snacks. Yeah, I ended up bringing my own snacks. Um, I, I mean, there was a question that was asked via email to all the parents about whether there were any um, allergies or uh, preferences, food preferences. And I did mention them, <laughs> um, but it, I'm not sure that I think it was just too difficult. Um, and yeah, there was still a lot of packaged foods that were given. So I just, I brought my own snacks and my kids are pretty good now about either asking or just knowing that, well, it's better that I don't eat that. I'll, um, I'll eat what mom brought. Not always, obviously. I mean, they are kids and it's not the end of the world if they end up eating something with less than ideal ingredients. Um, but for the most part, and what do we do at school? So generally school snacks are thankfully 
whole foods for the most part. Um, so it's usually fruit and cheese or fruit and, um, they do some seeds, they do some carrot and hummus. I think they do oatmeal one day and they actually do soak the oatmeal. Um, they do rice and beans, uh, one day for snack and, you know, I mean, this is, this is their snack and I let my kids eat the snack that the school offers and just call it a day. Um, trying to think of any other situations. I mean, pretty much wherever we go, I bring my, we bring our own snacks. I'm really good about, sometimes I will say things to other parents. Like if my kids are going over to their house, um, depending on the time of day, I'll just say, Hey, you know, they ate before they came, so they don't need a snack or it's right before dinner. We usually don't give snacks before dinner. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with informing other parents about stuff like that. Your, you know, your own preferences. So yeah, we just got really good at bringing our own stuff. <laughs> yeah, actually, so you just reminded me that um, when we lived in a neighborhood where there's a bunch of kids, um, we half the time, I mean, more than half the time, we were often the house where kids ended up, which was my preference. I'd rather have my kids at my house with their friends um, than my kids going off somewhere else generally. I mean, sometimes the quiet was nice, but, <laughs> um, so when kids were at my house, I would, um, and we would did, you know, like an after school snack or something. I would almost always do something like fresh fruit, fresh vegetables and properly prepared nuts. Um, sometimes popcorn with butter or olive oil. Um, because those things are generally accepted, you know, by most children and um, not going to break the bank. Because I don't, okay, this might sound bad, but I don't want to offer kids who are not mine foods that I'm generally sure they're going to reject. And then I've just, you know, put out food. It's different if I can put it back in the fridge, but if it's something that's like going to not be salvageable, I don't want to put something out that's expensive that it's just not going to get eaten. Um, the other thing we would do is in the summer, we make smoothie popsicles. So essentially whatever is left over from whatever smoothie I've made, I just put in popsicle molds. And this is no joke. My children will eat a smoothie in a popsicle form way more than they will eat or drink just a regular smoothie. I don't know what it is, but you put it in the popsicle mold and magically it tastes better. Yeah. I don't know. That's so funny. I feel like that's true. <laughs> It's totally true. It's weird. <laughs> Corey, do you offer snacks during the school year to your kid? School year to your kids? And then I know that you told me one time about something called the poetry tea time. Can you talk a little bit about that? Okay. So um, when my kids were in co-op, the co-op had a 
actually am when my kids were in school. They had a morning snack that we had to pack. So we would pack that. It was fine. It wasn't my favorite thing, but you know. Um, but yeah, so when we're at home, I don't generally offer a snack. It's, it interrupts our flow of our morning time and like getting schoolwork done and, um, being able to be productive really. And it's more for me to clean up. It's more for me to deal with. It's just, it's much better for everybody if we don't snack. Um, now, poetry tea time is this idea um, that is, let's see, I think her name is Julie Bogart, and she wrote this book called Brave Learner, mm-hmm. and it's all about um, homeschooling your kids. And anyway, the idea of poetry tea time is to introduce your kids to poetry in a way that is not intimidating. So it's really fun. It's really cool. You sit at the table and you set up a tea. So it can be, you know, fancy English sort of tea, which I love the idea of. Um, There's something like really fun and magical about a tea party. And I got one of those like tiered tea trays and we have a really beautiful teapot that the kids helped pick out and they have mugs and, um, we make uh, tea and we have little snack things. Usually they're sweet. Um, or we make the little tea sandwiches with cucumbers and cream cheese and things. <laughs> and we don't do this often. We do this maybe, I would like to do it once a week. We don't do it once a week. Um, we maybe get to it once a month. And you you put out poetry books. And you can invite friends over to do it with you, but you kind of casually lay them out along with the tea tray and the tea things. And you sit down and everybody gets to pick a um, piece of poetry to read from one of the books. And either the adult reads it or the kids take turns reading it. And then you just read the poetry and you have tea and it's just sweet. (laughs) I absolutely love that. What it, did you say it was inspired by a book? Yeah. So there's a book called okay. The Brave Learner. The Brave um, Learner. Okay. Yeah. And it's a really good, it's actually, I think it would be good for every parent to read, um, but it's specifically for homeschooling. That's so cool. I absolutely love the idea. I might actually steal that and do that this week. Yeah, it's really fun. And there's a lot of really good books um, of poetry out there. There's even one from um, Mr. Rogers. There's like a book of all of his poetry. And um, yeah, it's so that is, I guess, technically a snack. But it also is just, you know, a, a fun family sort of thing to do together. All right. Love it. All right. So let's share. I think we've done this a little bit, but share some of our favorite packaged snack options. Um, And so I know we have a lot of people that reach out to us and ask for specific brands. And 
um, like I have a series on my Instagram that's, that I call simple swaps with the idea of um, people who are not used to eating in a, um, you know, Weston A. Price way or a cleaner way that they can just go to the store and grab a better option off the shelf. So what are some things that people who are trying to transition away from the standard American diet to a cleaner food diet, what are some options that they can grab in the store that are more on the real food side? Yeah. Um, let's see here. Do you, okay. So, so we, yeah, yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was going to say we have a list, but we were chatting about maybe just making this sort of like a PDF. And I think that's probably a really good idea because it might take us a long time to just read through all of them. Yeah. We can maybe name a, like some of our favorites on that okay. list. But also we want to just remind everyone to read ingredient labels, even between products within one company, because I've actually seen this happen before where there's one particular product that has clean ingredients, but then another product or another flavor from the same company can have less, um, not the best ingredients. Um, so yeah, just always read the ingredient labels. And then we also want to emphasize that many of these packaged snack options can be made at home to save money um, before we talked about how expensive snacks are. Uh, so if packaged snacks, you know, they're obviously super easy to grab and go. Um, but if budget is of a concern to you, definitely look into making your own or just keep listening and we're going to list some non-packaged food snack items that you can just make in your own kitchen. Okay. So, sorry, bumped the mic. Um, I know your kids got on a little bit earlier and that was so cute. Um, Pork rinds being top of the list. My kids love pork rinds. Yeah. Um, I always have a bag of pork rinds. Yeah. (laughs) Always. I want to try making them. Like I really want. I had a bag of pork skin. I was going to try making them, but it got messed up when we moved. I've tried twice and I've failed both times and it's really hard. So Um, maybe, I don't know, someone else on here, if you've made pork rinds and you have a better way please share with me because I haven't had any luck with it. It's been difficult both times. Bummer. So I just buy them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Pork rinds are something though, that you have to really pay attention to the ingredients on. Don't just go buy the standard one in the, um, you know, drugstore, not drugstore, gas station. Gas station. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There was this one time when we were on a road trip and my dad was, doing some Atkins or something. And um, I get really carsick. <laughs> it was like super hot. And the back of our car didn't have really good air conditioning. And my dad opens this bag of pork rinds. 
And I was like, Dad, you can't. <laughs> that was really gross. Oh, lovely. So anyway, I don't like pork rinds, but my children do. I think I just don't like it because of that very specific experience. Yeah. Um. All right. Do we my want to list a bunch favorite. of things? Well, I was just going to say, so my personal favorite brand of pork rinds is 4505. I don't really know if that's carried in all grocery stores. I know it's carried in natural grocers and at Whole Foods. And these, they are fried in lard, which I love. And they are um, made from pigs that are pasture raised and humanely treated. Um, It's a good brand. And Epic also has pork rinds, um, but those are baked. And I actually like the, I mean, I want my pork rinds to be fried in lard. That's why they're so delicious. (laughs) So I personally choose the 4505 brand. Um, And yeah. Okay, go ahead. Name a few other packaged snack items. Okay, so meat sticks, uh, Paleo Valley, Chomps, The New Primal, Epic, Carnivore Snacks, Archer Farms. And I know a lot of um, farms get theirs. They, they have a maid or something. I've done that. I've bought them locally before. Um, let's see. Jerky, you can pretty much go with those other brands. Coconut chips, um, the brand Dang, those are really good popcorn lesser evil evil they make they make one with olive oil right actually i think it's coconut oil coconut oil and himalayan salt i'm pretty sure i've seen a brand of popcorn with olive oil i don't know who makes it though um i think maybe we should just mention right here that one of the main things to look out for in snacks are is um or are those industrial seed oils so things like um canola oil uh soybean oil rapeseed oil what are the other ones uh corn sunflower safflower of course i can't think of all of them off the top of my head but yeah i think that's those are the big ones those are the main things that um, are issues in a lot of snack foods. Um, yeah. So, for example, on the on this list, we have seaweed, and there's two brands. One of them is, is Sea Snacks, and they're harder to find. That's my personal favorite because they use olive oil. And then Gimme is another brand, and they're all over Whole Foods, but they use sunflower oil. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so I personally just prefer, and I want to say, I think they're both organic. I can't remember off the top of my head. I think they both are organic, but just it's different oils that are used for the seaweed. So. Yeah. Um, Okay. Oh, and sprouted pumpkin seeds. And you can get those from Go Raw. And yeah, there's also you can get properly prepared nuts and seeds from 
small um, uh, producers. Like they're not going to be mostly in um, the big stores. Like you're going to have to special order some of those, but they are an option. Yeah. So if you happen to have the Weston A. Price shopping list, in the back, the shopping list lists um, properly prepared, like pre-prepared nuts and seeds, um, people or companies that do that. If you're in the Dallas area, there's one called Nate's Raw Harvest. I'm not sure if he ships, but all of his stuff is properly prepared and he has incredible um, sourcing and just uh, all of his products are really great. He only sources organic. He properly prepares all of his nuts. They are very expensive, but if that's not something you want to do yourself, then, you know, you can purchase from someone who does it. Okay. Um, Should we maybe just... Yeah, we can skip. Skip. Okay, so we'll make up a PDF and share it with everybody about the... um, packaged snacks. Uh, Okay. So moving on from packaged snacks, let's talk about homemade snacks. All right. These are not packaged and we'll also put some of this in a PDF, but um, just to go off really quickly, um, some of our favorite options that we haven't mentioned, um, hard boiled eggs, not my favorite, but some people like those things. Um, <laughs> I um, I know you've mentioned this, Christine, but fat bombs are really great. I've made these ones um, that are based off of fat fudge. Which have you ever had fa- fat fudge? Mm-mm. No. Okay. So it's P H F no P H A T fat fudge, and um, her original recipe had butter in it. She's now since redone it and it's vegan. So it has maybe coconut oil, but, um, that's a really good option. That's packaged actually, but I make them homemade and just keep them in the freezer. And this is actually what I've been having for breakfast for the past couple of days. Cause if you go back and listen to our breakfast episode, I don't usually eat breakfast, but I've gotten to the point where I've realized that I need to, um, and so I can, I keep them in the freezer and then I can just eat like one or two. Um, and then otherwise we've got four um, homemade snacks, raw cheeses, butter, pate, um, leftovers, uh, veggies with hummus, tzatziki, ranch, mayonnaise, um, those things are made with really good fats. And Christine, did you grow up in a house where you would dip your veggies in ranch? Totally. Yeah, I did not. Oh, really? No. Yeah. I mean, we would dip a lot of stuff in ranch. <laughs> we did not have ranch at my house when I was a kid. Yeah. Nope. I'm ashamed to say we did. But I've learned how to make my own. And actually, this was one of the first things that I ever made as far as like, I like stopped buying ranch, um, maybe like 10 
or so years ago and just started making it myself. And I think it's way more delicious. And, you know, Corey and I just wanted to talk a little bit about dips and how beneficial they can be for added fat. And they can just make snacks a little bit more fun. Um, so there are millions of dip options out there and that people can create themselves or, you know, you can just find recipes and they're really easy to make at home. And, you know, there's something about for some kids dipping a veggie or dipping something, whatever it is into the dip, they like it a lot more. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, a couple things I wanted to mention on our list that, I mean, we are going to make this into PDS, but PDF, but there are a couple things I wanted to mention. First is crispy chicken skin, which is yes. like an unbelievably delicious thing if you've never had it. It's so good. It's so delicious. Um, it's really easy to make. You can bake it in the oven. Yeah. And... Um, I know our farm in Maryland used to just sell chicken skin, so we could make it and it was fairly inexpensive, but if you can't find that, I've heard of a couple companies who are coming out with chicken skin chips. I would just be really aware of if they're using oils, like weird oils on them. Um, okay. Other things to think about that you can make at home. Well, so crispy chicken skin or crispy fish skin, if you, you know, if your kids don't eat the fish, the skin off the fish, you can remove it and then turn it into chips. And my kids won't eat the skin off the fish, but once they started trying crispy fish skin, they will eat it. Huh. So, yeah. Okay. Good to know. Um, oh. Dang it. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. I knocked it again. Um, this goes back to the packaged snack options, and I completely forgot to mention it. Um, my kids love dried anchovies. So they're like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. You've which is not something that most people would think about, but um, they're like tiny they're like maybe an inch big and you just you know chew them I don't know my my four-year-old is obsessed with them okay I think we're gonna move on from listing things off because we'll be here for seven hours all right Christine can you walk us through how we might build a um balanced snack? Sure. I'd love to. So I think I'm going to sound like a broken record because I probably have said this a thousand times, but focus on protein and fat folks. Um, so these are the macronutrients that are going to fill you up and help your body maintain stable blood sugar levels. Remember that kids have fast metabolisms, and if they happen to eat a snack that's carb-heavy, they're going to burn through that glucose in the food, and then they're going to have low blood sugar, which means they're going to be hungry and cranky, and they're going to ask for more food. Um, okay. If you are, yeah? I was just going to say, we're, we're not saying carbs are bad. 
we're Good saying point. yeah they need to be balanced with the other two macronutrients yep that's what I was going for. Oh, sorry. So, no, no, no. I'm so glad you you emphasized it. So if we are going to offer a carb for a snack or a carb-heavy snack, so for example, a muffin or a cracker or um, sometimes there's like breakfast cookies, really recommend pairing it with a fat. So butter, cream cheese, nut butter, cheese, or a protein. So meat sticks, jerky, hard-boiled eggs, canned fish. Um, so for example, this morning... I had the peach um, for my my baby and the package of um, meat jerky, kind of like the little meat, dried meat sticks or whatever it was. Um, so I paired the carb with the protein. And then refrain. Oh, go ahead. Corey. I was just going to say adding a, um, like if you're going to do a muffin, it's, um, like basically if you add an icing, like I'm using quotes here, an icing with, you know, you can mix together cream cheese and butter and like cinnamon and maybe a tiny bit of honey or maple syrup, then you have an icing that can go on your muffin and it looks like a cupcake and you're getting, um, these fats into your kid that are going to really help them with this snack. Buttercream frosting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's such a good point. And so speaking of cupcakes, (laughs) um, refrain from offering. Oh, okay. So yeah, well, this is actually really important, but Refrain from offering favorite foods or sugary foods as snacks. And we've we've mentioned this before, but if a child is truly hungry, then they will eat a nutrient-dense snack option. And sometimes we tend to just like throw any like throw something that we know our kid will eat, maybe to just shut them up. Um, and this is where we're saying, well, maybe we put a little bit more thought into snacks and instead of just offering them a favorite food or something super sugary, have it be a food option with more intention behind it. Um, and we, you know, we've said that snacks can interfere with meals. Um, so, you know, we've talked about how maybe some kids don't need to snack. And if a child is eating a nutrient-dense diet, and their carbs are not naked, okay? So this means their carbs are loaded with a healthy fat and the child is still hungry, then it could be that they're not eating enough. And I talked about this previously where maybe your child needs more calories. Maybe they need more food. Maybe they're going through a growth spurt or maybe they didn't eat enough at the previous meal and they, you know, their, their body already burned through the previous meal's nutrients and now they need more. Um, so just to to be a little bit aware of these things. And then, you know, remember each family unit is different and do what works best for you and your family and your kids. You guys, you know, we as the caretakers are the experts in our kids. We really are. Um, So go with your intuition and do the best decision. Do what's right for your kids. Right. 
Okay, so let's touch really quick on um, what I call emergency snacks. So do you have something that you always have with you in the car that you just like stash away in the car or in your purse or in your diaper bag or um, maybe in your kid's backpack? Like that you have that you know you have available if like say you were out at the farm right um and you knew you weren't going to get home in time is what would you keep so is this hypothetical because i'm actually a really bad parent and i don't have emergency snacks in my car (laughs) (laughs) okay your answer is meat sticks (laughs) This is true. Yes. I mean, yeah, honestly, anytime I like am going somewhere on the go and I'm just like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. I just throw some meat sticks in in my purse and there you go. Done. (laughs) So I usually have um, I usually have applesauce. At one point I found this applesauce that had coconut oil in the pouch. Like it was just applesauce and coconut oil. Oh, wow. um, I cannot remember what the brand was or where I got it because I haven't been able to find it since. But that was really great. <laughs> and um, the reason I have that is mostly because um, for economic reasons, just meat sticks are super expensive. So... Yeah. The other thing is, um, I think I told you this story the other day, my kids and I were at Target. No, okay, so we were out for the day. I had not planned on being out. Um, There was an emergency sort of situation that made us out of the house around lunchtime. And it got to the point where it was like 1.30, almost 2 o'clock. We were still out. And the options in our small town were like McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, you know, those sorts of things. I'm like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We're, we've got to eat something. I was starving because I hadn't eaten breakfast. Um, so we're in Target and I was like, okay, we're going to buy a bag of apples and we're going to buy meat sticks because in our Target, those are the best options, which... Who knew? Not all targets carry the same things. Um, So anyway, we bought those like mini meat sticks. You know, they're like three inches. (laughs) It was. Yeah, those are tiny. They're tiny. But I mean, it was better than the drive through. So those are. It did the job. Yeah. Yeah. I think. If you're going to have an emergency snack option, it needs to be something that is obviously fine if you leave it in your purse or in the car in 100 degree heat, Um, you know, so not something that's going to melt and not something that's going to go really weird if it's in there for three months. (laughs) So... (laughs) I used hard to have, tack. Yeah, right. Hard tack. Um, 
I used to have like a jar of peanut butter that I would just keep in my car. And I had like spoons that I would just keep in the car. This is a long time ago. That does sound messy though. It was. Yeah. Okay. But we wouldn't eat it like sitting in car seats. It was like if we're at the park or something, everybody got a spoonful of peanut butter. Um, Yeah. Okay. So emergency snacks, usually nuts, applesauce squeezes, and heat sticks. Good deal. All right. What else do we have to cover? I think that might be it. And we, yeah, we, I know we made it through. We just want to emphasize that Corey and I are going to create a document that will have all of the packaged snack brands on it. And then um, we will add it to the show notes for this episode. So you can just reference that directly. Yeah. But I also want to emphasize that um, you should still read the ingredient labels because sometimes brands change their formulas or they get bought out and, you know, things change. Um, So you still have to be diligent. You know, it's hopefully helpful to have a way to narrow it down, but still be diligent and do your, your own reading. Yeah. And side note, we are not sponsored by any of these brands. They are genuinely our own recommendations and honest opinions of them. Um, so if anyone has any other brands or snack ideas that they want to share, you're more than welcome to send us a DM or leave a review. We love learning about new companies that have clean ingredients. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. So um, before we sign off, um, I just want to remind everybody that Christine has a smart snacking guide that is free to anyone who subscribes to her newsletter. So all you have to do to do that is go to the link in her Instagram profile, and she'll probably put one in the show notes for this episode, um, and click on the smart snacking guide option. So this will subscribe you to her newsletter and you will receive the PDF for the snacking guide. So everybody check that out. And other than that, thank you for listening. Um, Don't forget to subscribe, rate the show, review the podcast, follow us on Instagram. Um, Rating the podcast and reviewing it really helps with our listening listenership uh, so that other people can find the show. You can share the show on Instagram, Facebook, whatever. And I think that's it. Anything else to add? Awesome. No, this was a good episode. (laughs) Nice chatting with you. Thanks for listening to Modern Ancestral Mamas. Check out the show notes for the resources. You can find Christine on Instagram at Nourish the Littles and online at nourishthelittles.com. You can find Corey on Instagram at For Nutrient Sake and online 
at fornutrientsake.com. Follow us on Instagram at Modern Ancestral Mamas. The information contained in this show is for informational purposes only. It should not be intended as medical advice and should not replace your relationship with your healthcare practitioner.